0: This is a GRDC podcast. A leading soil scientist describes soil sampling as the greatest unrealised error when it comes to soil nutrition and soil management. And in the era of precision agriculture and maximising yield for every square metre of country, the humble soil sample often guides many important and costly decisions. So what is wrong with current soil sampling methods? Can they be improved? Jason Condon is a senior research fellow in soils at the Graham Centre in Wagga Wagga, which is a partnership between New South Wales DPI and Charles Sturt University. Jason says many growers take soil samples without taking into account their soil's variability. The soil in a paddock, as you stand in the paddock looking at it,
1: there's spatial variability. So the soil that you're standing on is different to the soil a metre away, which is different to the soil 10 metres away. That difference ideally won't be too much, but in some cases it can be. And what you're trying to do when you sample is gain a sample to send away that is representative of the area that you're interested in and so how we minimise the effect of that variability is take quite a few samples and so the research shows that 25 to 30 is a pretty good number to take samples and then bulk it to one sample which gets sent to a lab and then that sample should be reasonably
0: representative of the area of which you took the samples from reasonably representative of a whole area but not representative of any particular piece of soil because it's uh, it's combined
1: Yes, so that's right. And so uh, the area that you're interested in should be as uniform as possible. So if you're standing in the paddock and you know that, well, this bit's a bit lower than that bit over there, or this bit's a bit sandier than that clayy bit over there, or this yellow bit's, you know, not the same as that red bit, they should be two different soils that you sample, you know. So you sample what you see as being the same.
0: Don't people do that now?
1: How do they normally collect their samples? I like to think of soil sampling... It's just one part of the process to make fertiliser recommendations. And so there's a spectrum there. There are some people that don't take soil samples at all and they just put the same amount of fertiliser that they put on last year or their dad did or whatever. So that's one extreme, don't do anything. Other people go right. I'm going to soil sample this paddock, and they might take 25, 30 samples from that paddock and bulk it, and that would be representative of that paddock. But they're kind of assuming that it's all the same, and that may not be the case. Other people will say, right, I know that paddock's not the same. I know that this corner's different, or there's that you know that shallow bit in the middle, and they that might just come from their experience. And most farmers know their soil better than anyone else, or it might be something that shows up in a yield map, for example, where they you know they know that this bit underperforms, and so in those cases people that are pre-switched on will start zoning them and say right i'm going to take samples from that area that i I think is different and get my lab analysis from that area and then make a recommendation for that area Uh, is that a good thing yeah well it's what you end up doing is you gain efficiencies because you're not spreading fertilizer that isn't needed on certain places and you can then use those savings to maybe you need more in one area and not the other. So it's probably a bit smarter allocation of resources and it's not that hard to do either. That's the other thing. It takes a bit of time is probably the problem. And then, of course, you can then go, well, what about if we just sample what we call grid sampling and just sample at pretty high intensity across the paddock and get numbers from those sample, each sample, and that will tell us where the variability is and then we can use those numbers to to make our fertiliser recommendations and that works and that's great. But the problem is it takes a lot of time and each one of those samples, if it's analysed separately to get the idea of spatial variability, there's a
0: cost to that. Okay, let me just backtrack a a little bit here. You you talked about zone sampling and grid sampling now just just explain to me what the difference is. In my
1: head zone sampling is where you've identified areas within a paddock that are different from each other and you've sampled from those zones to create separate samples. You'll get analysis back from the lab to make fertiliser recommendations for those different zones. Grid sampling is you put the grid across the the paddock and you sample where those lines intersect. And so you're not using your knowledge or or your experience to say this area is different to that area. You're just getting information from a paddock in a grid, in a a set spatial configuration. And then you'll use those numbers to then effectively create variable rate fertiliser decisions
0: spatially. Okay, so let me guess that you would be more in favour of a zone approach uh, rather than a grid approach. Am I right there? just depends what you're into. Like, if you've got a heap of money
1: and you want to do the grid sampling, that's great. You'll get great information. There's no doubt about that. Coming from my background, where I know I've trained a lot of people in understanding how soils are variable in a landscape, and they're variable in a landscape for a reason, and we can predict those reasons, and therefore we can predict where the different soils are going to be then we've actually got a fair bit of knowledge in our heads that we can apply to identify likely areas of different soils and different soil properties, so we can create those zones without the expense of taking so many individually sampled cores from a paddock. Later on top of that too, normally you're talking with a grower or a client who knows that paddock really well you know and so they can tell you as well where there are differences so you've got your own conceptual knowledge of how soils form and where they change and why they change you've got information from the grower saying from their experience this soil behaves differently from that soil in that area. So you can go a long way just with, with some basic knowledge, some good questions. And perhaps even a yield map. Yield you will certainly yield maps tell you where there's there are differences and NDVI is another tool to use. Ultimately though, those things both show you where there are differences in plant growth or plant production. The reasons why those plants are growing differently could be related to soils or it could be related to disease or pest, or frost or yeah, elevation whatever. I like to quote a friend of mine who works in in the industry is saying you know your yield map and the NDVI just tells you where to go to start looking and that means looking with the shovel or a soil corer take some samples and dig some holes and see what is the limitation why is that plant underperforming there and if you can't see a structural problem when you're digging a hole or you, the roots look like they're growing all the way through then you know maybe it is a chemical deficiency that you can pick up with a soil test, or maybe it is some other factor that you can look into.
0: So just give you a bit of background here on how this zonal approach that you're talking about might differ from what people are doing now, where they go from point A to point B and sample along a line.
1: So what you describe there is what we call transect sampling. That's just a method for you to get your 25-30 samples in a somewhat repeatable. Because they know they're getting the the, the same soil, basically. Roughly the same soil, that's right. And so that's how they're monitoring changes through time. The zonal management, you still sample exactly the same way. Your area of interest from which you're sampling is the zone instead of the paddock. And that zone, like I said, it could be different soil, texture, colour, that sort of thing. Often it can be history as well. It's quite common these days to, to go onto farms and be in a paddock that 10 years ago was three paddocks was four paddocks was five paddocks but they've just ripped out the fences and now it's one paddock and of course all of those prior paddocks have different histories and so the soil fertility is different and you see it a lot in ph if you've had a say a, a clover pasture that's been cut for hay grazed heavily it will acidify faster than your cereal crops for example and so the phs will be different you rip out the fence The pHs are still different. You're just in one paddock. And so you can zone on that previous history. So the zone might be what used to be the old paddock.
0: And if you treat that whole new paddock the same, then you're not doing yourself any favours.
1: You will spend money across that whole very big paddock now. So you've spent quite a bit of money. And then this area still underperforms. And you can go, like, stuff like Google Earth, like freely available imagery, you can go back in time and you can see these past paddocks turning up literally it might be you can see the fence and then next year it's gone or it could be you can see the vegetation in those imagery changing and it's like wow that square is always different so you know it used to be a, you know, it's in a previous paddock. So zone it, say so, right, I'm going to take my 25-30 samples from that area and that's one of your zones and it might be that if this one paddock used to be three and we had treat them as three zones it might be that two of them are pretty much the same. Well that's great, you zone that, you might have sampled it as three zones but you might manage it as two. My first step is to identify whether you're likely to have differences and that could be from past paddock history or it might be based on soil colour or it might be based on vegetation all of those things you can get from google earth through time for free i like to then call them my sampling zones so you'll sample from them get the analysis back and based on that analysis you may amalgamate those sampling zones into management zones and so once you've got those management zones then you know that you make your fertilizer recommendations or your, your input recommendations based on that and then if your yield map In subsequent years, doesn't show any differences, then you know you nailed it.
0: Jason Condon, a senior research fellow in soils at the Graham Centre in Wagga Wagga, which is a partnership between New South Wales DPI and Charles Sturt University.